What is your definition of hospitality? You guys know that we make thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of decisions in a day, a week, a month, or whatever. And a lot of times, I would say we choose not to act on decisions. We choose not to be intentional. We choose not to you know, say something to that person when you think that they have a nice haircut or that you like their shirt or whatever. But we do make these other decisions in life. And I, I think those moments that we choose not to act on can be so impactful because those are the moments that I realized when I was early on in my career that when I remembered that Mr. Chardin liked to use his Amex card instead of his visa that he booked with, that moment made a difference in his experience with us. And so the more smaller moments I decided to act on, um, that became really what grew the career and my, my love for hospitality in general. So to answer your question, you know, the more we decide to make moments and the more moments we are open to creating, I think that's real hospitality right there. Are you interested in learning more about owning your own portfolio, cash flowing rentals? If so, we invite you to take our free mini course, the Crash Course in Cashflowing Rentals. When you take our mini course, you'll learn the strategies we use to build our portfolio. You'll also get to see several of our students featured who have successfully built their own portfolios as well. To take our Crash Course, link to semiretiredmd.com forward slash mini course, M-I-N-I dash C-O-U-R-S-E or visit our website at semiretiredmd.com and link to the crash course on cash flowing rentals there. You may also want to join the waitlist for our introductory course, Zero to Freedom Through Cash Flowing Rentals, while you're at our website too. We'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by our brand new course called Fast Fire Bookkeeping for Real Estate Investors. Do you have a pile of receipts and a bunch of statements that are stacking up in your office and the pile isn't getting any smaller? Are your rental properties getting you closer to financial freedom? Do you even know how your properties are performing? Well, the answer to your problem is doing your books the right way, and that's what our course is about. We'll teach you how to set up your books the right way, not just for tax time, but also so you can unlock the insights that will help you maximize your cash flow. For more information or to sign up, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash fastfirebookkeeping. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Today, we're really excited to have Will Slickers here. And Will is really an expert in hospitality. And we wanted to have him here because he's now applying those hospitality principles that he learned from the hotel industry to short-term rentals. And so many of our students are getting into short-term rentals. We really wanted to have a hospitality expert on the show. And so with that, Will, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's always awesome to be on another podcast from one podcaster to another. So I'm really excited to jump in and uh, kind of geek out with you guys a little bit. Awesome. So Will, can you tell our listeners who haven't maybe run into you before what it is that you do? Yeah. So I'll try to be short and frank and kind of, you know, skip some of the messy details. But uh, long story short, I started off by working with Marriott under their autograph collection, which is a soft brand under their main international brand. And that's kind of where I fell in love with hospitality, to be honest. It's just the connection of people. I come from a big family. So uh, I've always kind of had that, you know, I don't know if you call it um 
was it the class clown you know in high school i was always in different cliques or different friend groups never had that solidified like i'm a jock or i'm a whatever it was always just people in general i love them and so uh, that led into my career. I became one of the youngest GMs out in the Oregon coast, managing a couple independent boutique properties. But through this time, uh, I was really into entrepreneurship and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Because my whole life prior, I was like living my life off of other people's expectations on how I should live, what my career should look like, you know, when I should start a family, whatever. And um, finally, I was super happy with where I was in life. And so I started dabbling in podcasting. Uh, just because Gary V, Tony Robbins were talking about it on YouTube, big fans of them. And they were like, hey, idiot, you know, get a $5 mic on uh, Amazon or a $20 mic on Amazon, go to anchor.fm and create a podcast. I was like, all right, you called it. So uh, I did that. And little did I know that this podcast would have led my life down this whole different path. So now almost four years into podcasting, I do it full time. Uh, this is my like my my baby, and uh, so I run Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and a morning show every Monday called Good Morning Hospitality. And then uh, I actually quit my day job December twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, as a hotel GM to do this, and then also run uh, a vacation rental management company, which is what was created from the podcast. I think in the originality of it, I later exited that company and has started a new one in January of twenty twenty one. And we're going full force on both companies right now. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Love it. That's a great story. So you've talked about hospitality and, and that was in the intro, intro, but can you tell me like, what is your definition of hospitality? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think the earlier me prior to, I think COVID and everything that we've recently all been through would have been that, you know, people don't remember what you said or what you did, but it's how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. But I think hospitality now is really, truly going into curated, intentional moment making. So it does play into obviously that, that saying, you know, how, how you make people feel. But you guys know, like everybody else who's listening to the show or anybody else in the world, that we make thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of decisions in a day, a week, a month or whatever. And a lot of times... I would say we choose not to act on decisions. We choose not to be intentional. We choose not to you know, say something to that person when you think that they have a nice haircut or that you like their shirt or whatever. But we do you know, make these other decisions in life. And I, I think those moments that we choose not to act on can be so impactful because those are the moments that I realized when I was early on in my career that when I remembered that Mr. Chardin liked to use his Amex card instead of his visa that he booked with, that moment made a difference in his experience with us. And so the more smaller moments I decided to act on, um, that became really what grew the career and my, my love for hospitality in general. So to answer your question, I know I kind of rambled, uh, was just that you know the more we decide to make moments and the more moments we are open to creating, I think that's real hospitality right there. So that's really about experience is what I'm hearing you say, the experience of the person staying in your place, but also proactivity is, is part of what I'm hearing too. It's anticipating, mm -hmm. anticipating what they're going to need, looking at the patterns that already exist that you can see, and then creating a, just a top-notch experience for that person that makes them feel a certain way in your property that they want to return again and again. Yeah. Hit the nail right on the head. So awesome. that's perfect. Perfect. So how do you do that in a short-term rental? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good, good question. Because as we all know, short-term rentals are a little bit different. You don't have a front desk that you have to check into. It's pretty contactless, which is awesome. 
So this is where it's really fun. I, I love geeking out because you have technology put in place that hotels don't. Hotels still run, on, for a majority, run on legacy softwares, legacy door locks and all this other stuff that you know you have to wait in line to check in when you've already mobile checked in on your phone or whatever. Short-term rentals have taken that barrier out and we let technology run in the background so that way we can look for those moments. You can see when you get an inquiry from a guest on Airbnb that you know, they're in for their honeymoon or their anniversary or just a weekend to get away from the kids, you know, common ones that we've gotten all the time. So what can you do? You can find things out. You know, I love that Airbnb actually has guest profile, like little bios, because sometimes people share, you know, something that you wouldn't have expected. Like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, love going hiking and they love the PNW because of the coffee. Great. I can go to my local coffee roaster right out here in Commando Island, which you guys I'm pretty sure are aware of, and I can go get them a coffee experience, whether it's you know getting a, a good medium roast, having it there with a nice handwritten note. You can act on those moments because you have the system in place. So for us in short-term rentals, it's really just being way more intentional. You know, Put the systems, create that balance of, I guess, technology, and I don't know what, what other word you'd use, but pretty much... Focus on getting that all operational and smooth. And that way, the rest of the time, it's just more fun. You just get to legit connect with people, do cool things, make moments. And uh, that's what we what we'd like to. You know. Are you suggesting that you do it personalized to the individual, to that level with each individual guest? Or do you have a situation where you have like five different welcome packages and you just kind of pick and choose based on what the person's telling you? Yeah, uh, I think both. I think you can do both ways. I know for us in our digital guidebook that we've kind of pulled away because we're going to one of the businesses that we partnered with sold and went under a new you know ownership and stuff. So we're restructuring that. But in the, in the beginning of COVID, we actually had, you know, we do the more personalized stuff when when needed because some people will share more detail or whatever, and you're able to have that connection. But for like the vague welcome, you know, experience, we did have something like that. And we'd also have something in our guidebooks where people could actually add that to their stay based off of a generic, you know, you like coffee, do you like wine, do you like beer? Are you a foodie? What is it? And you can kind of pick that, you know, experience while you have a have a stay at our property. But it does sound like there's a lot of just listening, right? And mm. and reading into what they want and what they're asking for. And it's not always about coffee or something that, you know, that you can actually provide them like physically. It could be something like, you know, information or a restaurant or, you know, maybe an experience that they weren't even thinking about. Does this mean you're having people do surveys ahead of time? Is that how you're gathering this data too? No, no surveys, just really, you know, communication, like you said, listening. And then of course, uh, for us, like, you know, as short-term rental hosts or operators, you know the area probably a little bit better than Google. So that's where you get to shine and show off. And that's where you know your listing usually attracts people that want that unique experience because you're able to recommend, yeah, I may be close to a state park, but did you know if you go to the state park on this trailhead, you're going to get the best sunset picture that you can share on Instagram and all your friends will be super jealous and be commenting and liking and sharing and all that stuff. You can yeah. share like things like that where I think it's more curated and special. Now, what what about for our students who have property managers? Because uh, I know you also have a property management line, right? So how much can we expect from our property managers if we're not self-managing? Yeah, good question. So it depends how much you guys really want to geek out on. But um, with the, you know, I think we see companies like Vicasa and Turnkey and all these companies that were really big giants in the space, they lost a little bit of that personal localized touch. Where companies like myself or other property managers in your guys' circle, 
they have a, a great opportunity to execute and uh, actually benefit from this because as these companies get bigger, they're actually losing that connection with their ownership groups or with their guests. It's taking them a lot longer to respond and to you know replace you know or fix things on a property or just even give the owner the attention that they need. So we have the ability to actually be really hyper-focused on not only the guest, the location and the destination, but with our owner group. So as a property manager, it's really your job. And I've seen a lot of companies do really well where, you know, Adam, my business partner, he's really into the, you know, management of the business, you know, making sure the taxes and the software in the sense of, you know, logistics and systems are set up, but then also taking care of the owners, making sure that they're feeling comfortable with their revenue reports and that, that when we do an appraisal of a property and generate, you know, that can generate up to eighty thousand or hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, they're getting that attention and detail that they really need. Where I'm more like, hey, I'm the destination director, where I'm really focused on partnerships with the local businesses, partnerships with uh, people like yourselves, or even just communicating with the guests, making sure our team is executing at a high, high level. So, kind of splitting that duty and responsibility of owner management and guest management is really helpful for us. Because at the end of the day, it can be a full-time job for one person if you do both. So it sounds like when searching for a property management company, that would be a good question to ask. Are you splitting those two departments? Um, And what are you doing for guest management and and for making our guests feel special and really understanding that? Yeah, we just recently had an owner say, hey, I I understand what it's like to grow a business. How do we know that you're going to take care of us? Uh, as you're continuing to onboard another properties, because you did tell us that you're bringing on three or four other ones. And it's like, yes, that's very true. And, uh, you know, we we used that answer and it was a, a great answer because like, good, as long as we, you know, you're taking care of our asset as if you were the owner, but we are still the owner. And so you're going to kind of take care of us too. And it's like, yeah, of course, totally get that. Like, I feel you. So it was good. It was a good moment to be able to kind of share that insider with them and make them kind of a part of the process. Awesome. So one thing I heard you say is that you're giving people an assessment ahead of time of how much they think their property is going to make. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about how you do that and whether or not you know the feel, the atmosphere you create with your property can change that dramatically. Yeah. So with our property analysis, we created this template in our backend where it's pretty basic up front. You, know, you have the cover about us, and then it goes into the details where we get a lot of our information from AirDNA. Or we're really close with partners like Wheelhouse. I don't know if you've heard of Wheelhouse, but they're a dynamic pricing tool. They have a lot of free data available to managers, hosts, owners, you name it. And so we use this data and we implement, you know, how many bedrooms, how many baths, you know, the location, the address, all that good stuff. And it pulls out all this data, you know, showing what the competition looks like, what the best performing properties are, what the, you know, expected generated revenue for a property this size, you know, if listed at an ADR and occupancy of X, Y, and Z. We take that information, we put that into our nice little template uh, analyst uh, report for them. And then of course we make our suggestions because with our implementation of technology and X, Y, and Z experiences and you know partnerships, uh, we're actually expecting to do more based off of what we've seen with either past adventures, what other hosts are doing around the world or what we have actually done with the current property. So it gets to do that. We don't right now, in, going to call it out on myself that we do need to probably bring on someone to focus on the design a little bit more because as a uh, generic PNW guy, I'm not the most keen on design. I'm not, uh, I don't have that good of attention uh, to detail with that, but with the, with the right design that can always add into the increase of revenue and occupancy and everything else. 
So it sounds like you're saying that hospitality and improving that experience can lead to higher revenue for a property. 100%. You think about like how Airbnb started, it was a couch surfing, air mattress type, you know, platform, right? And people were charging maybe 20 bucks a night, $10 a night for just like that, that basic, you're going to get somewhere to sleep. I don't know where, but you're going to get somewhere over here in this house. Uh, versus now, there's so much more into it. There's so many, like as you, uh, we've been talking about, curated experiences and design and overall thoughtfulness and that live like a local, you know, mentality. Now, you know, you're able to increase that that ADR and that you know nightly rate a lot more, uh, especially as you do more than just, hey, it's you know, for I think what we realized in in COVID. A lot of businesses that didn't, you know, at least hotels or other short-term rentals that didn't really make it was because they were dependent on that one stream of revenue, uh, which was nightly rate. And they were okay with that versus companies that like multiple streams where you can have welcome experiences or stays experiences, whatever, uh, that add to the overall value of that property. In long-term rentals, there's something uh, called uh, mom and pop owners. And you know, as we think about the short-term rental space, do you think that the industry has evolved significantly or do you still, still see that the industry is majority run by mom and pop type owners? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think from the perspective of prior to COVID, comparatively to the hotel industry, you have a lot more mom and pop on the vacation rental side. Let's be honest, vacation rentals have been around for quite a while. Verbo is 20 years old. So you take that into account, you know, plus however many more years. So lots of mom and pop is what makes the space really unique because you don't really have a cookie cutter building or a cookie cutter unit or a cookie cutter this or that. But now COVID comes into play 2020, that accelerated the industry by so many gears. We, you know, what we were supposed to expect in technology and all these other dif- different types of uh, business models and concepts, you know, five years down the road happened within nine to 12 months, to be honest. And so now we're having that, I think, this not having a shift, but we've already shifted to this new, you know, there's a lot of venture capital being poured in. There's a lot of people buying a bil- bigger multifamily buildings or even just going with uh, different concepts of flex living. So it's half hotel, half condominium, short-term rental type style. So I think we're going into a new age of of hospitality that is no longer the I guess, like you said, mom and pop type deal. This week's podcast is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals. Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals is a 10-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cashflowing rentals that will allow them to achieve financial freedom and work in medicine or their day jobs on their own terms. Our course is only open to registration twice a year, so be sure to get on the waitlist at semiretiredmd.com and check out the course details on our course landing page. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, 
be sure to email Dan at semi-retiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Okay, so let's let's go through an example. Let's say you uh, have somebody buying a short-term rental that already exists and is really run by a mom and pop, right? And the furniture is all mismatched and maybe they're not doing dynamic pricing. Um, there's no hospitality. Yeah, there's no hospitality. <laughs> what are the kind of changes that you would see somebody come in when they're buying an already existing short-term rental to really increase the income that it's going to bring in every single month? Yeah. Well, I think it's always good to, you know, as we've gone, I've like, I just recently was on a two week travel trip and we were doing, you know, looking at over 1500 units and all this other stuff. And I'm doing my reports. I caught myself saying this property needs this, this property needs that, this property. And I could tell that the asset owner was not liking that narrative. You know, it's, they just acquired all these properties. They didn't like that. It was bad, 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 bad. So I changed it. I said, this property has really good bones. I think that the team here is really great. The destination is amazing. We could do so much with this. There's a lot of potential. Just changing that narrative a little bit compared to saying it needs new, uh, new everything. It's horrible. We're going to tear down the walls. We're going to restart. This is basically you know worthless. That type of mentality is really, really uh I, I guess impactful on the overall experience. You come in with a different outlook on the whole thing. And so to answer your question, when you go in and someone, you know, whether you bought it or you're taking it over from somebody else, I think you really need to appreciate what's what the good was and how you can keep that good or enhance it and then go into, okay, but it is outdated. So we're going to get new furniture because we have a great partner that is local and they provide us with all our furniture. Or maybe a company that you really liked and admire and their look and their style is just you and the type of guests that you want to attract. So you start off with that. Start with the inside and then create the destination, which is uh, for us, we like to say when your guests get to the property, we want them to feel like they never have to leave, right? So what are those things that you as a company can do, whether it's on site, through your listing, whatever, to create that and for, uh, portray that. I don't know if that kind of answers your question a little bit, but it's really going in, appreciating what's good, and then replacing it and getting up to industry standard or a business standard for like us. We make sure all linens have to be white. We have to have three par per bed. So, you know, like having this, you know, standard in place, we go in and, and do that. I don't know if that kind of hopefully answers. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, let's. I mean, let, let, let's maybe talk about your company then, because I think that that would help kind of illustrate what you're what you're doing. Let's talk about recreation stays and how it came about and what it is that kind of makes makes your company stand out. Yeah. So again, another long story short. I'll try to not uh, go into too long. Um, but I was in a previous luxury management company where we had you know castles and mansions and vineyards and all this other cool stuff, and it was really fun. Um, after I exited that, uh, I was doing the podcast full time. And just really caught myself like saying, uh, we used to do this. We used to do that. And I was like, I'm 26 years old. I, I feel like I've accomplished a lot, but I shouldn't be saying I used to. I want to continue to say I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm living the, the message in a lot, a lot of ways. And so my business partner, Adam, and I have been great friends. He was actually the first guest I ever had on the show. Uh, and just been really good friends. And he's like, man, I've seen a lot of vacation rental content coming out. And he's a hotel guy. Like, Thicken through, you know, St. Regis and all these other uh, big companies. And he goes, teach me more about it. And I was like, oh man, how long do you have? We have a couple hours, maybe a couple of days, get, grab a beer, let's, let's do something. And so we did. And he was like, this is really cool. I think we could do something. We could really bring that hotel hospitality feel to the segment of 
you know, I think there's a lot of real estate players in, there's a lot of people um, that you see are becoming influencers saying, I can teach you how to make a million dollars on Airbnb, which is great. But at the end of the day, it's not like the hospitality focus. It's all about the systems, the the tools, the tech, which is awesome. I, I love that stuff. But we we realize that the the real passion piece of this business and this industry is, is the human connection. So uh, for us, we were, you know, playing with names and uh, we are in the great PNW, which we all love and it's beautiful and it's got a lot of activities. And so we thought about recreations and then recreation rentals kind of just clicked and we're like, oh, perfect, too easy. And we created the the company, but we wanted to make sure that when we set it up, that we did everything right at the gate. We didn't you know, have to run around and uh, be like a chicken with their head cut off. So we put our systems into place really quick. We created our standard as a company. Okay, what type of properties do we want? You know, three to four bedrooms with three to four bath. We don't want any urban locations because, you know, most of the time you're going to have HOAs or other regulations um, like Seattle. You have those uh, vacation rental permits and other stuff like that. We're trying to avoid that. And we figured, okay, then also we need to find a place that we can partner with. We, we don't want to be us, us, us. We want to be here, 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 here. So that's what we started. And, and from there on, it's just been uh, a one, one hell of a journey. That's to, to say the least. So hopefully that answers your question too. Yeah. You, you talk about your short-term rentals being a destination, but can you, can you explain what that means? Yeah. So being a destination. So you think about people going to, and I'll use the castle property that we used to have um, for an example, because, you know, Arlington, Washington, which I think you two are familiar with, is like mm-hmm. right between Seattle and the Canadian border. No one really goes to vacation in Arlington, Washington. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody that is like, yep, Arlington, baby, we're going. Um, yeah. But we do have long-term rentals there that are doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, that's the thing. And then so with this with this property, obviously, this is not going to be the case for everybody, but you can still take the same concept and, and apply it to your, your home or uh, multiple homes, whatever, is that nobody's flocking to Arlington for vacation. but if you have something that attracts people in the sense of uniqueness, so a castle on five acres with a poker room, a movie theater, a chessboard that is literally the whole entire floor, you have a king and queen suite, which is basically a majority of the whole front wing upstairs uh, that has 24 karat gold sink features. It has uh, his and hers coffee. It has uh, his and hers closet. And the guy's closet had like the hugest gun safe I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and like all these, you know, like cool little features that you just know normally want to get at a hotel or any, you know, standard single family home. That's when you get to really capitalize on creating the destination. So when our guests got there, whether they traveled from Florida or Arizona, or even were staycationers in Washington, they never had to leave. They had no reason to leave because everything was there. We could Instacart them, their groceries. We could have a private chef show up and create dinner for them. We could do all sorts of things that most of our guests actually like we're there for a wedding or there for this and there for that. And they're like, we, after the wedding, we booked it back home. We did not want to spend any time dilly dallying. We just want to be at the castle and play poker and have game nights or do this and do that. Um, so you're creating a destination that where yes, people like the destination itself could be, you know, let's say Orlando, Florida, where there's Disney, but your property should be so cool. Um, that it's like a destination itself. That makes sense. Um, I can also use another good example of the Star Wars house out in Destin, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a destination in itself. You get there and you don't really need to leave. Like it's a, a little mini Disney World right there at you know the the click of a button through an app. So um, that's what we kind of call a destination for us. And so we're 
castles and Star Wars house are really big examples. Not everyone's going to be able to do that or have that ability. So if you think like for our one property that's really active right now is that it's nothing really special in design. There's nothing really special in amenities other than, you know, it's in a really quiet neighborhood and it's got beautiful five acres to look out on with a private porch and you can really just enjoy to get away. There's not really good Wi-Fi out there. So we kind of advertise, you know, like, hey, if you're a business traveler, this is probably not a good spot to do Zoom meetings and all this other stuff. This is really a place to unplug. And that is becoming a destination because they we have our guests that stay there and they don't really leave like at all. They maybe go explore the park or go to the beach, but they're they're at comfort there. So they have everything they need. So what I hear you saying, besides that it's an experience, is that you have a theme, right? And you're marketing that theme. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. And one little thing that I kind of said already is that you can take your faults of the destination or the property itself and use it to your advantage. So Wi-Fi is kind of like a mandatory must for me wherever I go. But we don't have really good Wi-Fi there. Like, let's be honest. It, it's it's horrible. Like I'm running off of you know dinosaur, you know, internet there that could barely load uh, Safari at all. So what we take with that, instead of saying hiding it from the listing or hiding it when the guests check in and they say, hey, the Wi-Fi is really bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Did not know it was bad. We we put that out front. We say, hey, the Wi-Fi is really bad. Like, let's be honest. But we love that because it gives us the opportunity to connect on a personal level with you guys if you want that or just for you to unplug. And that attracts the guests that we want. So we don't want guests that are going to be working on zoom all day long, because guess what? That's going to resolve a lot of issues for them because they're not going to be successful at their you know, intention of their trip. Does this also kind of direct what you're labeling the uh, title of the property as, as well? It, it can definitely, it can. Um, for us, we call it warm beach hillside because it's kind of like on a down, uh, downward slope. So you have a beautiful hillside to look out into the the five acres. So I think that definitely plays, but if it's bad Wi-Fi, I wouldn't say like, Warm Beach, bad Wi-Fi house or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would just, just give us uh, you know zero star reviews right there. But <laughs> yes, I could definitely play into that. So for those who are, who are interested in uh, learning more about this property, we're going to do a deep dive on this on our YouTube channel. So check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of check that out. One other thing I wanted to ask you about the destination though, is that you had mentioned partnering with some of the local businesses uh, as well. So can you can you talk about that part as well? Yeah, well, we feel like it's really important to, you know, offer more than the generic, you know, the 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 old saying used to be heads and beds, right? So heads and beds is really great. That does pay the bills, it keeps you in business. But I think when you have platforms like Airbnb, Verbo, Expedia, all these places, they they hold a lot of data. They hold a lot of information from the guests, whether it's email, phone number, all that stuff. And for us, we we like sustainable constant returning guests. We love that ability to create a community. That's what hospitality is, whether you're in Seattle or Camino Island or in Florida or in China or wherever, we're able to connect on a deeper level through community and through a similar platform, whether it's you know podcasts or mastermind groups or whatever. Uh, so for us, partnerships allow us to create that better value to not only have a higher heads and beds rate for the night, but it gives that ability to give people that memory that when they're back at home, back into the grind of their daily life, they're thinking back on, man, that trip out in Camino Island where I saw those whales or uh, I got to go uh, experience the local coffee roaster before they even opened and have my first cup there because this company that I randomly booked through on Airbnb had this as a, an, uh, an amenity or an experience to add. 
I loved that. That was so different and compared to what I would normally find when you just book something and you stay there. You don't know what the insider scoops are. You don't know what the destination is really about. Um, I, I, I feel like that's what's really important for us. So being in the community, we recognize that we're a small business. There's a lot of small businesses here. Why not team up together? What's the worst thing that can happen? We all make more money. We all get more freedom in our life. You know, that doesn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. So um, we've, we've, we go to these partners and we, we really just say, hey, I like your brand. You have a good website presence. You're easy to you know, find on Google or whatever. And you have a great product. We'd love to talk to you about partnering up and what that could look like. And just starting off a, a real generic conversation. For us, like the tapped brewery below my office right now, actually took a while for us to form a relationship because the owners were so busy working all the time. But during a slow time, I was like, hey, what do you two do uh, outside of work? And they kind of shared a little bit more outside of their life. And then I was able to open up that door and say, hey, well, we have a nice vacation home. You guys always take care of me when I come to get my dinner or my lunch or have a beer at, after a long day. Uh, you can come out for a night, you know, get away, go relax. And and we've able to do that. And then that opens up the ability for them to be like, it'd be really cool to do a sip and stay package with you. We would love your guests to experience our beer and our, our restaurant. I'm so glad you asked because I think that would be perfect too. And then you start that partnership. Um, so it's really about community and it, it really adds a lot more to your overall baseline of heads and beds. Yeah, I love that because what you're really doing is you are creating a destination out of thin air, really, right? You're kind of creating that reason for people to want to go, like you said, 45 minutes, an hour outside of Seattle, uh, where most people don't think of staying. Uh, And I can think of places we've stayed in the country kind of just to get away. And it would have been amazing to have those connections to local businesses and, and, and understand what are the opportunities out here? What are the experiences we can take our kids to? And I love it. It just, it would have, it would have added so much to that experience, our travels. And so now, yeah, I can totally picture this. And I think it's a great opportunity. I love this more than going out and buying a short-term rental in a, you know, beach resort town where everybody has their short-term rental. This to me is like, I think really a huge opportunity. 100%. 100%. And I, I love using the reference with kind of Disney World. You know, the the creators and designers in the background are called Imagineers. They're not designers, architects, or Imagineers. They're imagining something out of thin air. And uh, if you take that same concept and apply it to your short-term rental, it's really cool because you get to, uh, obviously, Disney World has a lot of their own in-house creation and, and funding to do that stuff. But when you're limited on the resources, there's people around you that are easily accessible. And I, I think that's really where it comes like that shared economy type style where you know, you have something, they have, excuse me, you have something, they have something and there's value for both. And and that's where it's really unique and cool. Love it. Awesome. All right. It's been really uh, amazing having you. Uh, so we have uh, two questions that we ask all of our guests. Uh, the first one is, uh, what is your definition of rich? So yeah, I could go into another long answer, but uh, <laughs> I won't do that. A definition of rich, I think from my own life experiences is that for so long, like I said in the beginning, I lived my life off of others' expectations, wants, needs of who I should be or what I should do. After changing that narrative for myself, I've realized that is the most richest I could ever be uh, just because I have that. Like I have to put up with myself at night. When my head hits a pillow, I'm alone with my own thoughts, not anybody else. And so uh, that is my definition of rich is living life on my own terms, living life how I want to. And creating something that I find value in compared to other people's. We've heard that a lot. It's yeah, a really awesome. common recurring theme. It's mm-hmm. awesome. 
what is uh, one mindset, habit, or strategy that separates someone who is rich versus someone who is poor? So off of my definition of rich, one mindset habit, I think is, I'll try to use a different one that I've been focusing on. I think it's good to step back a lot more. I would say when I finally kind of made that shift and started taking life on my own terms type deal, I thought it was all about hustle, right? You have to be working 20 hours a day. You have to be doing this. You have to be constantly, you know, go, 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 and then rest really quick and then go back right to it. Um, And I've realized that actually did a lot more damage along the way in the long term than it did in than compared to anything else. So taking a time to like step back and really understand like and evaluate and be more self-aware. I think that's where it gives you the ability to shift better and faster when you're going at that speed. Yes. You're making a lot of decisions. You're probably changing your mind or doing other things like off of reaction, but if you're able to just step back really, really quick and just even or an extra day or whatever your normally routine is, I think that is going to be um, a big power play for you and just mindset. It helps kind of, really evaluate, keep to the core. A lot of people say like, remember your why, like, why are you doing this? And um, I think that gives you more time to just kind of stay anchored. Awesome. Good reminder for us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's busy now. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So thank you so much, Will, for being with us. Can you tell people how to get a hold of you? Yeah. Great question. So if you go to uh, slicktalkthepodcast.com, you can find everything there. Um, we literally have all the show updates, all the morning show updates, the blog, the articles, all that good stuff. And I'm really active on LinkedIn. So if you guys like LinkedIn, you can find me with Will with one L. So Will with one L slickers on LinkedIn. And that's uh, the best spot. Awesome. And for everyone else who wants to see the, you know, get the insider scoop on one of Will's properties, go over to YouTube and at semi retired MD. And uh, we will meet you over there and you'll get to see it. Can't awesome. wait. Thank you guys. Thank you. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.